Okay, so we couldn't give you uh, No Romance Without Finance, and we couldn't, we didn't give you Tina Turner. So we gave you Gwendolyn Guthrie, and ain't nothing going on. Sorry, that's uh, I'm I'm handing that one over to Phineas because I'm not quite sure what actually happened there for sure. Nevertheless, it's eight twenty-three. We are with SAFM one hundred four to one hundred seven. Uh, Francis in Goodwood, we hope uh, that you enjoyed the song. Nevertheless, we're going to go to an interview. Dr. Cyan Brown is the Senior Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity. We're looking at the concept of frugal innovation and frugal energy engineering. What is that process and how does it uh, reduce cost, also complexity in uh, countries like South Africa and also in other developing countries around the world? Cyan, Dr. Cyan Brown, Dr. Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning, Michelle, and good morning to your listeners. I'm really delighted to be here. Dr. Brown, let's talk, when we talk about frugal innovation or frugal engineering, what does that mean? So we can think of a frugal innovation as the development of cost-effective technologies, processes, or models designed to cope in local conditions. But that's quite a wordy definition. I think mm. the best way to paint the picture is imagine when, when lockdown is over, you and I want to go to the beautiful beaches of the Eastern Cape, where there's a lot of off-road. Mm. And uh, we decide, the, they, we're told the best option is to take a Ferrari. So we take a Ferrari, but we find when it, it breaks down, there's no manufacturer's that can help us somewhere between here and Eastern Cape. We can't get the parts locally. The ground clearance is so low, we can't go off-road. So it's really not ideal. And so the frugal option is maybe to take a single cab Toyota Bucky that can get us there and do the job equally as well uh, or better. And there's no frills. It won't be maybe as comfortable a journey, but we'll get there and we'll get there fast enough. And that's the point with frugal. It's not substandard technology. It's technology that works equally well or better, but is designed to be cheaper, cost-effective, to optimize performance. And uh, it's a concentration of core functionalities uh, compared to the, the approach that has frills. So, so let's say, okay, we would rather go with that Bucky. But the point is, is that the Bucky may cost an enormous amount as well. My assumption is that frugal innovation or certainly frugal engineering also looks at uh, a differentiating of cost. And it says, what can we do with what we have? Absolutely. And uh, so, I mean, some medical technologies may still cost a decent amount, mm. even if they're frugally divine, but yeah. some may not. For instance, let me give you one example from one of the most well-known uh, frugal innovators in India, Arifand Eye Care. So they see two-thirds of their patients for free, and they see 2.5 million patients annually. Jeez. And if you had to get a cataract surgery with them in India, it would cost you 200 rand. If you had to get the exact same operation in the United States, it would cost you 33,000 rand. Yeah. Simply because they've done things like produce their own lenses with local materials. They've done task shifting. They've tried to optimize the surgeon's time, all these different frugal processes. But yet, their outcomes for the surgery are actually better than that in the U.S. So you're paying a lot less and getting better value. And so it's wow. completely possible to reduce price whilst retaining core functionality and performance. So, Dr. Brown, what are some of the opportunities that uh, we are working on here in South Africa? How are we rethinking it in diverse spaces? And, and really, as you say, looking at really, really cost-effective but useful ways of looking at medical support. 
So I think one of the things that we've come to realize is that relying on charity, relying on outdated aid models, and relying on trying to to build technologies that are based from a different country's model is not going to work. And here in South Africa, we are blessed to have some of the best health teams in the world in terms of their training and exposure mm. and also a very innovative community based on necessity, right? Um, and I think we're starting to realize that a lot of the developments coming out of low-income countries are rapidly changing the medical landscape. Yes. And so, for instance, you asked for a South African example. We see a UT, UTT startup called Impulse Biomedical. They have uh, tapped into the market of frugal innovation, and they are looking at cost-effective, user-friendly EpiPens and asthma inhalers, wow. where it's local materials, it's not complicated to use, it's local parts. And um, we need to see, start seeing more examples like this because at current, South Africa currently imports 90% of its health technology. And if you think about this on a broader, low-middle-income yeah, country, emerging vaccines. market scale, um, we see that the uh, bottom of the pyramid, so that's yeah. considered the poorest two-thirds of people, consists of four billion people. So we need to start changing our approach uh, in, in emerging markets from relying on high-income countries to, to produce technology which doesn't suit our context to in actually creating technology that can include the 4 billion people yeah. um, so that they're not charity, that they are actually, we, we are inviting them to economically participate um, through goods that are structured and affordable for that bracket, but also that produce a level of care that affords them health dignity. And I think it's going to be a brilliant way for us to really look at decreasing the inequality in our country by yeah. helping promote access to health care, really. It's a whole different way of thinking about health care as well, um, and which, is, which is brilliant. Dr. Brown, what are you doing? What is your research around? What are you focusing on? So I'm currently doing my Master's in Public Health with King's College London, and, and my research looks at the barriers and facilitators of frugal innovation, specifically in surgical care in low-income countries, with the idea that if we can understand what does or doesn't make frugal innovation work, for, for specifically for surgical care, yeah. we can try and increase the, the amount of access. Because, for instance, there's more than 5 billion people globally that are estimated to lack access to safe surgical care, and 3.7 billion people are at risk of financial catastrophe if they need surgical care. Yeah. And so how do, we, how do we find innovative, good quality solutions that are localized that can give more people access to surgical care in our type of context and settings instead of trying to replicate other healthcare systems which are completely different to ours? You know, in closing, I know that we have, um, there's a concept called ABCD, Asset-Based Community Development, which focuses on the um, assets that may, we may have in, in our diverse communities as opposed to what we are lacking. Do you think that frugal innovation and frugal engineering is something that focuses on that? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think there is a wealth of innovation and knowledge around how to how to work around resource constraints in our country. And maybe we haven't always called it frugal innovation. Yeah. It's definitely there. For us, it's maybe been necessity of survival. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think we really need to tap into that. And, and I think added on to that, if we start using our local resources, local talents, 
assets that exist, we're not only going to increase production, health equity, health access, but we're also going to decrease the effects of these type of health technologies and processes on the environment. Because if we're using local local uh, materials and if we're using local labor sources, it's going yeah. to have a huge impact on supply chains around the globe, that we're not having to import everything, we're not having to emit more carbon than necessary. We're really using what we have to do what we can. And Voltaire said it so well. He said the best is the enemy of the good. And I think in line with your asset-based um, development approach, you know, we really need to look at what we have to do something that is good enough to provide more access to health rather than focusing on the absolute best, which may not even have a differential outcome in terms of performance of health in the long term. Dr. Zion Brown, she's a Senior Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity and focusing on how we can look at building more inclusive and sustainable communities and really looking at the assets that we can use in our country and in our communities to take it forward as opposed to what she says, the best is the enemy of the good.